I like to think of myself as not being a greedy person, not in life, and not even in following sports. Like, I don't look at a team, for example, that shouldn't achieve all that much and think to myself, wow, just go ahead and achieve all that much. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not what I do, but I've got one possibly greedy thought today for you. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. We are at the exact two-week mark, two weeks out from the first actual on-the-field practice at training camp at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. I am looking forward to that. There's only one part of it that makes me feel a little bit cringy as a potential deadline, and that's this. We are still waiting on an answer at inside linebacker. I don't say this to be rude, I don't say this to doubt that Cole Holcomb can be the best version of Cole Holcomb. I don't say this to doubt that Elandon Roberts can be the same thing. I actually don't even say this to doubt that Mark Robinson, of whom I'm a vocal proponent, could rise up and be one of the big surprises of camp, especially if he can do his job in pass coverage, which... He's now been told by everyone involved all the way up to Mike Tomlin he needs to do more than anything else. They know he can do the dynamic stuff, the tackling stuff, the side-to-side stuff. They need to see him get pass coverage done. But they also sound, as I've reported to you, as if they don't expect that to occur that quickly. So what you're looking at here is a defense that in addition to having Several moving parts, including a couple of little scary ones on the back end, meaning that you could have a couple of rookie corners. I know that excites people, but it won't excite them when they're getting scorched early on. You know what I'm saying? Like you can go, yeah, Corey Trice did it. Seventh round pick. That's awesome. And then you're going to see him get you know, you know, burned by T. Higgins and you're going to oh, this is a joke. They should never have done this with the rookies and whatever else. There's some parts on that side that are a little bit shaky, uncertain, maybe not even set in the positions where they're going to be. But you're still talking about a defense that's got T.J. Watt, that's got Cam Hayward, that's got Minka Fitzpatrick, that's got Patrick Peterson now, if not on the outside, then on the inside. You have people. You have to still piece them together. But even if you do, even if you succeed in all these other parts, the undeniable shortcoming of this defense is going to be at inside linebacker. Other teams will come into Akershire Stadium with better inside linebackers, a better inside linebacking duo than what you've got. And that's going to happen everywhere you go on the road, too. There's a reason that the Steelers were recently graded as having the worst inside linebackers in the NFL. Again, that sounds really nasty, okay? But you do these rankings, and someone's going to finish one, and someone's going to finish 32. And that's where the Steelers are. And I don't even know that I'm in a position to counter it. 
Because what are you going to say about either guy? All I've heard to date from the people who are, and I'm just talking about casual fans, right? Proponents of Holcomb and and or Roberts is, wow, they're an upgrade on Robert Spillane. Okay, great. That's the bar? No, no. I see still, stubbornly, to this date, one of two possibilities entering the coming season at this position. One is that you're going to see a lot of the three safety set. And as a result, you're going to see a lot more of Keanu Neal than what most people might be expecting right now, because he can and does and has played close to the line of scrimmage. He loves it. He's a hitter. He's a tackler. He's built a little bit more solidly than most safeties are. He's got a little bit more bulk to him, I should say, up top. And in that event, you'd most likely have only one inside linebacker on the field anyway. But is that an answer? No, I don't know. Two is that Omar Khan's going to go sign somebody. That Omar Khan's waiting to see what comes available, as he inevitably does, especially later in the preseason, whenever the cuts start coming, or the uh, even the pending slash looming cuts. And you can start making your moves and thinking about maneuvers or way to get this player before he gets cut and is available to everybody. You jump the gun a little bit. That's still my hope. And I'm going to repeat, I, I don't mean this as disrespect for the players that the Steelers acquired. Holcomb and Roberts are both character guys. They both are an upgrade on Spillane. They're an upgrade on Devin Bush, as long as we're in that stratosphere. And just by virtue of being healthy, they're going to be an upgrade on the second half version that we saw in 2022 of Miles Jack. But, you know, that's not it. That's not entering the NFL season with all of your guns aligned. And I'd like to think that Khan's got something coming. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Pete and... I just want to say before I, I read what he's got here that one of the cool things about the growth of this show and the more people that we reach, the more we're going to hear back about ideas that can be challenged, facts that can be challenged, and some stuff that's kind of in between. This is what Pete has to say. He says, people keep assuming that Joey Porter Jr. was picked with the number 32 overall pick. This came up on yesterday's show. He wasn't. The NFL was very careful to state through the draft, all through the draft, that the Dolphins had forfeited the use of their pick, not that the pick had ceased to exist in the order of the draft. So meaning the Dolphins, this is me now, the Dolphins were supposed to pick at 21 overall. 
The Dolphins lose their pick, but the NFL never announced the 22nd pick as being the 21st, even though it actually was. Continuing with Pete here, he says, So Porter was selected with pick number 33, which happened to be the 32nd pick in the order due to the forfeiture, but it still remained pick number 33. And yes, it's a fine point, but it's bound by the CBA and the draft rules, and contracts and agreements revolve around such fine points. If we look back to that moment of the draft, in fact, when Joey Jr. was being uh, mentored by his father, meaning day one, Joey Jr. was upset because he'd fallen to the second round with all of the financial consequences for his starting salary and signing bonus. Okay, this is me again now. I'm going to take a little bit of issue with that last part. Because I see what you're saying, but I'm not going to presume that either Porter, Joey Sr. or Joey Jr., was sitting there worrying or standing there at that scene that that became a a viral video everywhere of them in Las Vegas at the draft and Joey Sr. saying, use it, use it as motivation or whatever else. I, I don't know that they're sitting there worrying about the scope of the signing bonus from one round to the next. I'm sure it was part of their thinking, but you've also got to remember, Pete, in this very, very fair point that you bring up here, that Joey Jr. brought one suit. Remember he told that story? He brought one suit, and he wore that suit that night because he expected to be taken that night in that place right there in Vegas. And you know what he did when he didn't get taken that night? He and the old man got on a plane and flew right back here to Pittsburgh because he said, Joey Jr. did, and he didn't have another suit, and he sure as heck wasn't going to show up for the second day of the draft wearing the exact same threads. Now, he's probably using a little bit of symbolism there, but what he was dreaming of all this time, including, I'm sure, through his career at Penn State, latter stages of it, was being a first-night guy. He never had it occur to him, I'll bet, that he wouldn't go on the first night. So the rest of your points, I'm 100% in alignment with. I understand completely, A, why the NFL went out of their way to make sure that the picks weren't being renumbered. It would be to avoid a dispute exactly like this. And B, why really Joey Jr. has nothing to stand on, as I mentioned yesterday, as far as negotiating his way out of this or into some higher payment. I appreciate what you sent there, Pete. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 